Yeah, no, I, I, I play with, uh, with, with Gretzky, I play with Wayne. Uh, yeah, my first goal, matter of fact, was on an assist of, uh, of Wayne Gretzky, and my first point was on, uh, on the goal of Gretzky where I had an assist, so. fans it's patrick mcneil radio announcer for the cape breton eagles joined by my co-host brad chandler eagles director of communications for our first ever installment of inside the nest the calendar has turned we're in la belle provence for the 2024 opening road trip brad how excited are you to be on the road with the eagles and i guess what are your thoughts on the current state of the team as we roll into this new year well, Patty, let me just say this right now. For the first installment of Inside the Nest, we are, in fact, not inside the nest. So so we're lying so we to the blew, people right we away? We blew it right off the bat. No credibility. No yeah. credibility. How about that? Just tell how excited are you to be on the road, and what are your thoughts, I guess, on the first few weeks and first few months working with the Eagles? Oh, it's been awesome, man. Um, you know, uh, I feel like I'm getting really comfortable with with all the boys and everyone in the office. So I think I think doing a trip like this would be a lot harder a month ago or, or six weeks ago or two months ago, however long it's been. Um, but, you know, it just feel, I just feel like I'm with all my friends now. So, so here we are, Patty. Well, that's good. But there are new faces that are getting to know their new teammates because Lucas Romeo and Noel Rochelle joined the team on the oh, road. That's and right. They joined a team, I think, that ended the calendar year of 2023 on a positive note with the win over Halifax. And maybe this team running into form, do you think? You know what? I think, where well, I think we're looking good. Um, I feel very optimistic. Then again, I'm not a GM or <laughs> an expert. We have anyway. one coming on the show. I hear we do later. have a GM. Um, but yeah, no, I think Sly has. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of faith in Sly. Um, he's done what GM, what any good GM is, uh, should do. Um, and he's he said he's going to make our team better. And I think in this last week he's shown that. And I think. Uh, um, this was, this was a big trade period, and it's kind of set us up from where I think we're looking really good for the next, not just next year or this year, but also the year after. As yeah. Because well, you've got those 17-year-olds as well. Lefoy, um, Yak, you know, we're getting all these young guys, and it's like, and that's not even the guys that aren't even up on the on the main roster yet, so, because we have a lot of good uh, talent in Junior A and a lot of 16-year-olds, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, Sly's going to tell us all about that. And we should mention, too, now that it's January, this is the month that Thomas LaVos going to the top prospects game. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a big deal, eh? How many, how many players do you remember from Eagles oh, that's history that have gone? Good question. Randy Copley, way back when, in the, the first year. Inverness. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Westside. We are a team of the whole island. <laughs> uh, Ryan Francis was a late addition. He should have been there right from the beginning. Sokoloff, then he didn't get drafted, but then he got drafted two years after. Dubois, my favorite story is I believe he was player of the game for his team and the game was on Sportsnet and after the game was over, Ken Reed who is a lover of all things Pictou County but promotes all Nova Scotia said Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's getting a gift certificate from the Mayflower Mall for his performance tonight <laughs> which turned out to be 
purely fiction, I asked, but yeah. I, I figured figured maybe there's an ounce of truth to that. Yeah. So Dubois, Francis, Sokolov. This is off the cuff, folks, so I don't have any preparation. But uh, it's not unprecedented, but it never stops being exciting seeing no. one of your players on the national stage. And that's a big deal. Like, I don't know if people that, – that is a big deal because I think Lav is, what, one of four guys in the league? Yeah, a bit of a dry year for the Q, but yeah. that's unfortunate. But it's cool that if there's only four, that it's one of them's going to be an eagle. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So, and especially a big kid like that, like you yeah. wait, seventeen years old, wait till he's twenty-five. Doesn't look so. seventeen. No, he does not. You know what? I get. I've noticed we have a lot of the same. Like up in the office, we wear. I mean, you know, but we wear a lot of the same. Uh, Eagles merch and stuff as the players, and when I'm out with the players, I get a lot of questions like, "Oh, you guys are, uh, you guys are playing uh, pretty good." I'm like, "Yeah, they're they're playing pretty good." <laughs> hey, like, but I mean, I guess like I am just a couple years older than some of the players, but I feel like if I take my hat off, nobody would. Ask. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, just just you probably of... you probably get the same treatment. Eh? I mean, every now and then, yeah. I have been told I look younger than I am, but maybe not that much younger. Eagles head coach Patty McNeil. Yeah, maybe that's good. Could work my way up from from radio announcing. You yeah. pick an interesting time to be on the road because in the middle of the trade period, the team goes on the road. Do you sense kind of a weird energy about that, or I guess it's more excitement about the guys that are coming in? Yeah, it's. I mean, I can tell that it's. I'm sure it's kind of a nerve wracking time for some of the players, um, yeah. not really knowing where you're going. Um, we were. We kind of mentioned. Uh, perfect example is just you know on this road trip we picked up two players on the way here. And that was their introduction to the team. You know, we picked up Roms and and where was that? I don't even remember. Where I think he went over with the PEI guys, brought him over. Yeah. Or yeah, from maybe PEI. he went to Monk. No, we picked him up in Moncton. And yeah. He, I think he was already with Patterson. So his introduction to the team was he just jumped on the bus and said, hey, yeah. guys, how's it going? And that's that's literally how it is. And then at practice this morning, La Rochelle landed that's, and it's, there you go. That's junior hockey. Sometimes yeah. it's not always glamorous. She might make a combination to just pick somebody up on the side of the road yeah, <laughs> or an airport or someone's house or whatnot. But, you know, the trade period, it's you feel a little bit bad if guys get traded. But obviously yeah. it's exciting, too. It's a time of change, you know. Yeah. Memories over the years of, of big trades. I can can remember whether a team's buying or selling or whether you just get something like totally out of nowhere. That's uh, those are some of the some of the things that are imprinted on your mind as, as the years go on. What are the, some of the bigger trade periods you remember? I think for Eagles fans with longer memories, and I don't know if this is a sore subject at this point, would be the boomerang trade with Halifax. Uh, that's going back to 2002-2003, where the Eagles shipped a bunch of players to Halifax for picks, and people, well, we're going to talk about this spoiler with Sly about how these things get out, and it kind of quickly became apparent that there was going to be their favor return the following year, and then the year after, those guys were going to go back to Halifax, a, a controversial trade that has probably not been replicated for good reason. Uh, that's that's one that stands out. Uh, Luke Bourdon coming to Cape Breton, oh, yeah. the trade deadline right after he scored the big goal at the World Juniors. That's certainly pretty memorable. So, yeah, yeah there's those are a few that stick out off the top of my head. Yeah, right. I was actually saying to Patty the other day that I was at a I was at a wedding and ran into former Eagle Sean Miller, and uh, he was telling me about um, when Drake Batherson got traded to Blaineville, and apparently he said they were buddies, and he Drake told him like, "Yeah, we're coming, or I'm coming to Blaineville. It's gonna be sick." And Sean was was fired up because he said like, "Oh, you know, it's gonna be awesome, my buddy up here, and you're gonna have a great time." 
And Sean said he went to the rink, and then his equipment manager kind of just gave him one of these. He said, yeah, you're going back the other way, bud. <laughs> that <laughs> so. ha- happens more than you'd think. Yeah. Not not a trade period trade, but Brad Lalonde played for the Eagles in 13-14 and 14-15, and one of his best friends was Ty Fournier. And Brad Lalonde got traded to Victoriaville, and he was excited that he was going to be reunited with Ty Fournier until yeah. he found out that Ty Fournier was, was going the other way. Oh, no way. And, and not quite the same, but along the par- the idea of similar – parallels between players a shout out to my own twitter account for the breaking the news about <laughs> lucas romeo and will shields having the same birthday one yeah year that apart. was good yeah hey, i think you're probably the only guy that would pick up on something i like that. i've developed a cult following for for birthdays i have yeah. to double check this but pretty sure uh thomas sabuka is the first whatever day he was born on i have to go backtrack to see what what day that is the first eagle with that birthday. with that birthday believe it or not there's still some days missing february this leap year february 29th is covered graham power played in the early days of the eagles he's a february 29th Damn. i think there might be a few there's a couple of famous examples in hockey his Henri richard february 29th is that right yeah cam ward february 29th nice. as well so we got to tie this all together we're, yeah. we're we're in a leap year so this is a, this is important and you know, going into this year, I think it was pretty exciting to have that big game against Halifax. It was a loss, obviously, but mm. the game against St. John before, both huge crowds. Yeah. Definitely different atmosphere, different energy in the building. You probably even noticed that being on the bench and warm up, taking pictures. Oh, and it's stuff. awesome, man. Like everyone, and everyone knows that, right? Like even like fans know that. I mean, I guess it doesn't like anyone would know that. I guess more fans is makes it funner, but absolutely. It's like everyone, you can always see that people are talking about that. Is that is that everybody's having fun on the ice. The players would tell you that. And I think that I think fans think that players don't acknowledge that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, obviously they're locked into the game. And once the game starts, they are focused on the game. But it's like people – like the players ask me all the time, like, what was the number last night? How much – like how many people did we get last night? And how many are we expecting next week and stuff like that? So, like, that's a big deal. And people care about that kind of stuff. Um, or the players care about that. Excuse me. Absolutely. And I will say – I. It's always been a thing. Players always want to play in front of big crowds. But I don't know if I've ever had a team in the years that I've been working with the Eagles that has vo- been so vocal about that. Like yeah. this group of guys in particular. Like It started with the CBU night against Halifax mm-hmm. as well. Just to say it's a different game. There's different energy. It's, yeah. it's as you said, it's more fun. And, well, look and, and look how, how much it's, it's helped. I mean, who would say it could just be a coincidence, but it's like all every time we've hit that big crowd – We've played strong games. Yep. Um, I guess except for the health. Even though that was a really that was a well played game. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's definitely atmosphere and energy is a big thing. And I mean, we're at the uh, at the Videotron Center or Videotron Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here in Quebec, which is I think twenty twenty thousand seat, something like that. Uh, eighteen N- NHL think, size yeah. or whatever that is, eighteen in standing room or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and I was saying that to Lav today. I was just like. Man, like, imagine we had a full house. What's what center do hundred? Like just under six? Uh, yeah, five, five thousand, five thousand, five thousand. So it's like put five thousand in that building, and it's not. It would be nothing. It'd be like there was nobody there, right? But it's yeah. all about the atmosphere because if you're in a smaller building with more people, it's like that's what you want. You want the yeah. atmosphere, not necessarily, yeah, not the number. Yeah, exactly. And those like the memories stay in your brain because uh, I don't know if it was you or it was Nick or Carter, one of the social media guys, shout out to whoever had the graphic up about. That game against St. John being the biggest crowd since, yeah. I think, 2019. So the biggest crowd of sure the 2020s, we can say, yeah. which is crazy to, like, frame it in that. Because actually, we're 
the end of this year will be halfway through the decade, which is absolutely wild. Yeah. Roaring twenties are just roaring right Holy by. Holy frig! January, what's it? January third, and you're already talking about twenty twenty five. Yeah, I'm just really, I, I'm just always thinking about the future. <laughs> but I, I can so store. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's we're gonna little teaser for what's going on next. <laughs> the you know, the look back at that game, I can still remember that game though. We stuck at the biggest crowd. I can remember the last time you had four thousand before those two games. So that game against Ramuski, mm-hmm. I remember it was a big thing. Betcha people watching that they've been fans of the Eagles for years probably remember because yeah. it was Lafreniere's draft year. He's in town. Irwin was in town for it. The Eagles and Ramuski are battling for like positioning in the standings, and the Eagles get a big win. Lafreniere doesn't get any points. Of course, it ends up being a small net negative because we pass them in the standings, and then we have to draft lower and don't get any advantage because there's no playoffs. But oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. This is supposed to be a happy podcast, but I, I remember that game was a lot of fun. I always remember yeah. the games with the big crowds, and I'll remember, I'm sure, the St. John and Halifax game. Just the fact to have those big crowds back-to-back is pretty yeah. special. And and like a statement win to a like 10-3. Like. But oh. it's funny because you ask some fans, it's like I, I bet you a lot of people would have preferred – even though we lost that game, there are two different kinds of games. But I right. mean, I mean, anybody who follows the team, they want to, it's like no one's going to say anything bad about a 10 3 win. No, but th- that's part of the beauty of sports, though, right? Is yep. getting two different types of games. I, this is way off topic, but I remember the 2017 playoffs play Gatineau in the first round. Both games one and game two both went to OT. Game one was 1 nothing. Game two was 7 6. Damn. And somebody told me you saw two wildly entertaining games for different reasons. And they were, they were both great, but they were different games. Now, if you were not following the Eagles closely, both games went to overtime, one nothing, seven six. Which game do you think ended quicker in OT? The one nothing and seven six? Yeah. Seven six. One nothing ended within like two minutes right away. of OT. <laughs> Holy yeah. So yeah, these are the things that okay. I remember. I mean, that whole that game would be fun in terms of excitement I well mean, if there's chances i mean a zero zero game with lots of chances is a great game that the game against halifax wasn't that that was scoreless after two periods yeah yeah like, that's right and, and you know it didn't feel like it by the time the game was over because yeah. the both goalies were good but then the goals came in the third period but an exciting game is an exciting game whether it's because of goals hits saves yeah. block shots it, whatever you prefer it'd be exciting here on friday for uh against quebec yeah i think it's like a whiteout night yeah, and first game of the new year, too. Oh, is that right? Yeah. There you go. You know, always yeah. exciting when, you know, a Quebec team comes in because you don't see them that often. I was looking forward to those games. Yeah, that'll be good. You know, it's uh, And and also, too, uh, first chance to see some new players. I was going to say, uh, they so, look great today. Perhaps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, New Jersey chains, too. Get to see them in white instead of black. Yes. Yeah. You, know? you need to explain that because I don't know if a lot – I mean, I'm, I don't know if that's – generally known or if people notice that but right so in the queue and i think it's custom in the other two chl leagues as well not 100 percent sure that once the new year rolls over teams switch so obviously the eagles have been wearing black at home and have been wearing gold the alternates every now and then and then once the the calendar the new year comes in you switch so that the home team will wear white and the visiting team will wear color and then (laughs) once the playoffs come around it reverts back so right. I'm not sure from a logistical point of view how that's going to work uh, with colored. I mean, obviously it's happened in the past because the Eagles have worn green in the second half of the season. <laughs> the yellow, you might actually be able to get away with the other team wearing their like color jerseys against yeah. that. I'm not sure. Yeah. What the like, you'd be shocked. Like the league has. I, I don't know if I should be saying this, but it's. I think enough time has passed that I can bring this story up. A few years ago, the Eagles had gold alternate jerseys and. 
they were really nice. I really liked them. And they had a six-game road trip through Quebec, and they wore the alternates every game. And I think that, like, ruffled some feathers because uh, there's so many particulars about – not don't quote me on that. There's so many particulars about protocols and, and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of red tape and all that. But, yeah, I don't know if we can wear the yellow against other teams' colors. But, yeah, but – really getting off on a tangent here but teams change at the halfway point and then it goes back in the playoffs shall we go point. get mr man himself sly couturier i think sly is ready to make his podcast debut he's got lots to say about big trade period he was busy yeah, yeah. You know, he, uh, okay it was a slow trade period but he was busy this week he so. was busy relative to the amount of activity we saw in yeah. the league and he has been very busy before trades were made because it's it's a tough racket yeah. Trying to make trades. He's on the phone all the time. Well, it's probably a scenario where for every trade that's made, there's maybe a hundred that are proposed that don't. And so even even a trade, so-and-so gets traded for a fourth-round pick. Well, I mean, how much haggling went into you know, that specific price, right? It's a crazy job. Yeah, it's, I would, uh, awesome job. I would I'd love to know, be a fly in the wall for some of those discussions. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Hey, this is the closest thing. We'll get to it. Oh, us being general managers? No, no, no. I mean, the closest thing to being a fly on the wall. Oh, yes. Slacaturier. Yes. On the Inside the Nest podcast. Joined now by, we can say, our first guest ever. No better guy to start with than Sylvain Couturier. We're in the hotel on the road. Sylvain just being in the hotel. This is bring back memories of road tripping back in the day as a player or even a, as a coach. Oh, for sure. I mean, a uh, long time I've been came in the road. I, uh, I stopped uh, traveling with the team a few years back and uh, my first road trip, matter of fact. So it's nice to uh, be around the boys and uh, enjoy the uh, next four or five days for sure. Does that road trip get any any better? I'm, I'm sure you're on the road for... At my age, they're not getting any better, <laughs> no. <laughs> they're not, believe me. It's, uh, you know, no, no, it's, uh, it's nice when you're young, you enjoy them and, uh, you know, playing for 13 years and uh, being in the league now for 22 uh travel for over 12 years with the team so um, it's a lot of traveling and uh, it's nice to be home now and with the technology that we got and uh, you know watching the game on tv now it's uh as good as being there so uh, save me a few uh, mileage and uh, save my body a few mileage as well <laughs> yeah where you were following us you weren't tempted to jump on the bus and relive that this no, not really you guys are doing a great job i appreciate every comment that you my guys made you don't need me on the road <laughs> <laughs> you've actually been all over the map you were just came back from philadelphia yes i started nashville i should say exactly yeah we start uh three days in nashville got there on the sunday game was on tuesday night um Flew back with the players. Uh, all the dads that were there flew back with the players. And uh, this is a father's trip for anyone. Father's trip. Know, that's yeah. right. Yeah. With sorry. the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. So we flew back uh, to Philadelphia. We uh, we enjoyed a game together again on the Thursday uh, Thursday night. Then we decided to stay there a couple more days. Uh, my wife Isabel came and uh, joined us on the Wednesday. So we watched the Thursday's game, uh, Saturday's game, and then on Tuesday we. Uh, Drove to New Jersey, which is about an hour and 15 minutes drive, and uh, watched the game there. Flew out of New Jersey the next day to go back to Sydney. So it was a it was a real nice uh, trip. Four games in seven days. Uh, a lot of fun. It's always fun. Those uh, fathers' uh, sons' trips are always uh, uh, pretty needed. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Do you guys do one 
every year? It, it used to be every year with the COVID that uh, it was canceled for three years now, three or four years that they haven't done it. It was the first time since the COVID. So, uh, but uh, I, you know, I think I went, it was my fifth one, fifth or, yeah, fifth or sixth one. Uh, I missed a couple, obviously. Sometimes uh, even this year was, uh, you know, was a... Uh, December wasn't the best, but uh, I thought, you know, for the first time in five or six years, I decided that uh, I'll work my schedule to to make sure I, I'm in the, the trip. And, um, yeah, it was fun. No no regrets there. And and Sly is Sean Couturier's father, if anyone did not know that. Because I, I did not know that. Did I tell you that? Really? When I came in here, um, in the first in the office, so Sly's wife, Isabel, uh, worked in the office. And she said to me, um, yeah, I'm going away. I'm going to go to Philadelphia. And I was thinking, like, that's a weird place to go to. Yeah. Trip. I was like, Why are you going to Philadelphia? And she was like, Yeah, my uh, my son lives there. And I was like, Oh yeah, he plays hockey. And Joey looked at me and was like, Do you not know who her son is? And I was like, No. And she's like, Sean. And I was thinking, Sean, Philadelphia. And I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So. Dots get yeah, connected yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> now, did Isabel get to go on a mother's trip? Has that been a thing the last few years? They never had a, a mother's trip. I I hear rumors right now that there's going to be the first one next year. Uh, <laughs> Still, I think the father will step in and no, no. Okay. spread the love. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, but uh, it, it'll be nice for them to go, obviously. But uh, I don't know. The rumors on that trip was that the next year will be uh, the mom's trip. Probably extra special this year because Sean had some injuries. He hasn't played in a while. He must have been pretty pumped just to see him in person again. Oh, exactly. Playing. I think you, uh, you know, appreciate more. I think uh, you know we haven't played over a year. It was almost two years, matter of fact, that yeah. You haven't played a year and three quarter. We basically played the last game in December of the prior prior season. So, so yeah. So uh, you got to appreciate more and more. And you know, Sean's not getting any younger either. He's uh, got six or seven years left in his contract. But uh, I don't think that uh, he'll sign another one after this one. So, uh, yeah, no injuries uh, part of the game. But uh, that was a uh, that was a pretty bad one, you know, missing uh, two surgery in the back in, in two years. So it was uh, was tough on him, was tough, uh, but it was nice to, to see him back on, on the line, in the lineup, yeah. I think, was he, sorry, was he right into the league when he was 18? Yeah, he was drafted, he was a late bird, he was drafted at 18, so yeah. basically he plays first year, uh, he was, he started at 18, yeah. Wow. So yeah. He's been, he's been there for, uh, I think it's been 13 years now. <laughs> Oh, 12, 12 or 13 years, yeah. yeah. That just shows I, how young 18 is because he still seems like oh, a young exactly. guy. Yeah. 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 Wow. And at the end of his current contract, he, he, if he finish and hopefully will finish there, but it's uh, it will be 19 years with the Flyers. So, wow. yeah. That's, yeah, that's really neat. Now, if you knew any Flyers fans in Sydney, you would have known that his uh, his son yeah, played yeah. in Philadelphia. Because I, I, I frequently get asked, oh, is, uh, is Sean coming to visit his dad? You know, not <laughs> yeah. looking for autographs or anything. But the, I, I think my favorite time seeing Sly on the road this year was a road trip in Gatineau. Because you come in, and you're talking about how in the same weekend, you're going to watch the Eagles that you work for, you're going to watch your son play, and yet you're going to watch U18 hockey to scout. So how do you balance being working with the team you're working with, looking at the future, and also at the same time being a dad? No, exactly. I think it's it's tough by time, uh, as I said, and uh, especially uh, you know being a little bit further in in Sydney. But uh, that trip was uh, worked out perfectly. We played the Thursday night in in Gatineau, like you said. Uh, Saturday was the home opener of the uh, Senators, and Sean's first first or second weekend back in the lineup after uh, missing two years. So, uh, and there was uh, three or four hockey games that I could watch with uh, the Midget Triple A. So. 
hey, was perfect. Well, well worth it. Yeah, that's not bad. And you played in the queue yourself, and you watch your son play, and now you're GM. How different is the league now when you compare almost three different areas that you've seen the league in? It's obviously a lot different from when you played. It's uh, completely different. Like like I said, I, I play, uh, you know, I was drafting Laval, and everything's have changed, obviously, over the last 30 years. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was 35, 35, 36 years ago, and, you know, uh, now with the school and this, the uh, travel, there was no team in the maritime back in my days. Uh, school wasn't uh, something that uh, you know the league was uh, paying too much attention to back in the days. And uh, then Sean came in, and uh, whoops, there was a few maritime teams in the league, and and then you know pay a lot more uh, lot more attention to the school. Uh, everything has changed, though. You know the the, the way the players have played. Uh, you know, no more fighting. Thirty years ago, there was, uh, you know, fight every period, uh, every five minutes, uh, every every warm up <laughs> <Yeah>. at least. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it's completely different, and it's it's nice to see. I think we're we're hitting hitting in the right direction. It's uh, you know, not all all the rules are um, people likes, but uh, it's 2024, so uh, you have to uh, to progress. Uh, you mentioned the Maritimes there. Um, obviously, the big news coming out last month uh, with the renaming of the Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League. Um, how much uh, how much has the Maritimes um, grown into being a crucial part of this league um, like f- since you've played? Uh, big time. It's a, uh, you know, last year uh, I, I made a, I look at the draft and there was uh, 12 or 13 players drafted out of our league and you, you look at guys like uh, uh, Josh Nadeau, uh, not Josh, but Bradley Nadeau was drafted, uh, and 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 the guys drafted. There was uh, even uh, there's as much guys from Quebec than Maritimes that were drafted for the NHL coming from the Maritimes that uh, coming from Quebec. So, so the Maritimes progressed a lot since uh, since the last 22 years. Uh, I've been in ba- I was in batters for 20. Now my second years in in uh, Sydney, but uh, I've seen a lot of you know. A lot of progression from uh, from the players, the coaching staff, everybody, and uh, there's as much talent. I always said that there's as much talent in the Maritimes than in Quebec. Uh, the depth is maybe you know a little bit different because the the population is different. But uh, if you're talking about pure skill and talent, there's as much uh, in the Maritimes than in Quebec. And uh, I think the new commissioner, uh, Mr. Chikadi, uh, made a great move by uh, naming uh, the league uh, the Maritimes Quebec League. I mean, uh, I know that some people in Quebec didn't like it, but hey, it's the only province in Quebec where <laughs> they, <laughs> when you get married, they, they keep the name of the their <laughs> first name and, you know, they got all, always double name, and uh, but now they don't want the Maritimes being implicated with uh, the Quebec League. So for me, it was a great move. Um, you know, if you wanted the, if you want so many teams, because there's there's at least uh, you know there's six teams uh, out of maritime, so uh, you, we we have to be involved. We have to be uh, names with the same uh, equal at Quebec for sure. Now I'm old enough to remember Marc Andre Bellevance Fleury coming to training camp because of those hyphenated names. Sometimes they oh, get passed right. down to the kids. Yeah, yeah. In Quebec, in Quebec, the, the 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 wife that you married keep his uh, his first name is. So I listen, I, but no, some people are pissed off because we want to put the Maritimes with Quebec name in the league. 
Anyway, nonsense for me, but <laughs> everybody's got his opinion. I respect everybody's opinion, and I got my. Well, it's funny because you and your son are emblematic of the growth of the league because you play in a Quebec league that doesn't have any Maritime teams, and then your son grows up in the Maritimes, but has to go to a Quebec team to win, but still, nonetheless, pretty cool. <laughs> Bathurst will take claim to his development, right, Brad? That's uh, right. I hope so. <laughs> well, you mentioned Bathurst. Um, can you tell me about the transition between when you – uh, finished up your playing career into because you were coaching, is that right? In Bathurst first, right? Uh, I uh, I went in uh, in Bathurst my first two years as an assistant coach, at a brief stand as a head coach. I think it was eight games, and then came back as an assistant assistant coach to finish that year. That uh, and after that uh, third year, they uh, they did ask me to uh, to be the GM for the following year, and uh, I started with a one year contract and uh, was there for. Uh, or 15 or 16 years as a GM. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, that was, uh, I was there for uh, 20 years. And uh, then, uh, you know, I got, uh, I got let go from, uh, from batters. And uh, within uh, a few hours, uh, I got a call from, uh, from Gerard Shaw, the president of the team, uh, and uh, got an inter interview a week later and uh, got the job. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I want to stay in hockey, obviously, and when when the when everything happened, uh, uh, there was only four or five spot as a GM, full time GM. I I have no uh, intention to to coach ever again. Uh, so uh, so I had to make a quick decision. Obviously, there was not too many. Now, you know, last year there was eight uh, eight uh, GM spot available. Uh, that's now everybody's going with GM and coach. But uh, when it happened two years ago, there was a lot of uh, team where we were hiring coach GM as a double duty, and uh, that I didn't have any intention. So uh, it wasn't like I had a lot of option, but uh, everything happened for a reason, and I'm very happy uh, where I am today. And uh, you know, we definitely tried to build something solid, and I think we're on the right track. Yeah, and you were, like you said, you were there in Bathurst for so long. And it was really at the tail end of your career that you got that Mem Cup. How did that feel after all those years? To it felt it's, it's honestly it's something special. It's when uh, as a player I won the Calder Cup, which is in the uh, International Hockey League when oh, I yeah. play. Uh, but uh, to win the Mural Cup, it, it's they, they said, and uh, and I can uh, definitely uh, agree on it that it's the toughest uh, cup to win. The Mural Cup is the tough one. It's uh, you know, you win, lose. Uh, you lose, win. Uh, you lost one game, and you're, you're pretty basically in in danger of not winning anything. So it's uh, it's a tough one to win, but it's uh, anyway. As a management, it was uh, it was great. I mean, uh, and to see the players, uh, you know, uh, you build something, and the pay the players to see that when they start to really believe and know that there's something special coming up. It's it's something very uh, unique and. Uh, Something that we'll never forget for sure. Yeah, what do you think was going right that year? I know a little Antoine Waugh was in the building when you guys won the league championship, and I still have nightmares of 88, 98, Rusoff and Moran playing on that that line in Bathurst. What was it about that team? What clicked together for them to win the Memorial Cup? We, there, there, was a, there was something that we built. The, the core of the, the team stayed together, like the Sam Italien and, uh, and uh, Jeffrey Riel, Antoine Mora, like you mentioned. But there was a lot of trade at Christmas. Uh, we changed, I think, seven or we made six or seven major trade. Uh, but these guys gelled together really quickly. And as, 
as we went along, you know, uh, I think we were in the stretch where we won 12 games in a row at one point, and then in the playoff, we uh, we won the first round in, in six games. It was it was probably our toughest round to win. Then we, we beat uh, Sherbrooke and Victor in four straight game, and then the final, we won in six in front of our fans and, and batters. But uh, I, I think just, you know, in, the way the players, the the, the team, the, the coaches uh, manage the whole thing, uh, you could tell that uh, early on that uh, we uh, we were confident. We were a confident group, and uh, they they believe in themselves. And uh, you know, uh, to be honest, I, I what I'm witnessing here right now, it's something that uh, I think uh, is uh, something we're gonna, we're probably going to be uh, doing it soon. That's what we want to hear. That's a million dollar question. How do you how do you oh, replicate that in Cape Breton? <laughs> well, I, like I said, when you look at right now our lineup and uh, what we gonna these guys, uh, how many guys coming back next year and who's coming back, and uh, the way that these guys uh, gel together right now, I think uh, it's a group that are really tight. I can notice uh, that right away, and and even on that road trip, I uh, like I said, I don't come on the on the road a lot, but. That's one thing I noticed right away yesterday is uh, how tight is this group. Uh, and I think we, um, you know, we got a lot of assets with picks, a lot of good young players that uh, are in the system right now. And we got, I think, 17 players coming back next year. So you put all that together and you can see the picture that uh, you want in the next uh, couple of years. And I think we're uh, we're in a position that we want to be right now. And um, definitely we can't panic. We can you know, it's it, like I said, it's a tough, to, tough one to win. Uh, the Prison Cup is a tough one, but uh, I, uh, I'm confident that we're on the right track right now. Yeah, and we're we're smack dab in the. Actually, I guess we're pretty much at the end of the the trade deadline or the trade period. Um, tell me about some of the trades that you've made thus far. Um, I guess just within the last week or so, um, starting with I guess Noah uh, La Rochelle. Yeah, Noah is a, is a kid that we really liked last year. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round. We, uh, you know, you always scout the the 15 years old, but you always pay attention to to other players that are drafting the league, just just in case of exactly what happened last week, where you sometimes you, you talk trades and you want to know everybody. And when we uh, find out that Noah was uh, available, you know, last year he had 31 goals in 38 games. Uh, he was a dominant player, and uh, he was playing with his age group, obviously. Uh, but he's a guy who compete hard. He compete really hard. We like his compete level. The guy can't score, and he's uh, you know he's a he's a bit of a Brad Marchand type of player <laughs> where he's not shy to uh, to get on everybody's nerve on the ice. So we like that as well. I'm uh, sure the Cape Breton fans would also like that. Oh, so I think well. he will yeah. be. Uh, <laughs> he will be very likable from the from the fans' uh, standpoint for sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, he became available and. Um, we couldn't pass on him for the, the price they were asking, especially a fourth-round pick. We thought, you know, we had a lot of picks. And, uh, and we said, why not? Where we want to go and what we uh, what we need is exactly what uh, we're looking for. And he had, um, which, which was evident yesterday, um, coming up here on the bus, is that he had the unique experience of not even really being able to meet the team, but he just kind of got on the bus. Or I guess he met, met us here. Right. Um, and um, Romeo us came here up on the bus. Just, Romer, he's thrown right into the mix of things. What is that like? Like, I mean, you've been a player yourself, but as a right. young kid like that. No, I, it, I was straight myself as a as a player. I have to flew from uh, San Diego to meet. Uh, that was a, a unique story too. I had to. I was straight that day from uh, from Phoenix from LA to Detroit, and anyway, 
meet the the boys in the American League. Uh, somebody was wa waiting for me at the Albany Airport and uh, got there. Snowstorm was traveling to Utica to play that same night. We got, I got there late. I I, th I, didn't, I didn't even think I was going to be playing because the game already started and they were waiting for me because they sent three players in that deal, so they were short of player. And we got to the ring. Game was already start, just start, so they told me, hurry up, you're getting dressed. Uh, and at the seven minutes uh, mark of the first period, I was waiting for a whistle to get on the <laughs> ice. So anyway, I got to meet my my teammates sitting on the bench. Hi, boys, how are you? I introduced myself <laughs> while uh, while the game was going on. But that's part of the game. I mean, uh, Noah, you know, we... we for him on the 31st we told him nonsense to to get to Halifax for one game and then coming back here so uh, he's from Quebec City we told him go go home wait for us and uh, you'll meet uh, your teammate uh, when we get there so that's what happened but like I said it's part of uh, being hockey players it doesn't matter which level you play it's uh, it's part of the game um, yeah I kind of got ahead of myself there but uh, it was I guess it was Romeo actually that joined the boys on the bus we picked him up on the way here and it's kind of a unique way to, to meet your new teammates, but I mean, you're thrown right into the thick of things right away. Um, what went into that trade? Well, I, he's, a, he's a kid that we were after for quite some time now. We're having a lot of discussion about, uh, about him. Uh, we uh, definitely uh, didn't want to, at first, uh, give a young player like uh, Will Shield, but uh, uh, Will came to me on the 30th or the 29th of December at a meeting with me, and was off obvious that uh, he wasn't happy playing on the fourth line and you know my message to him was to you know I give the, the best example that I gave was Luke Pedersen he, he had some struggle early on the season but now it's playing on the top line and you know you have to work to earn uh, what you uh, you want anyway after the meeting you know I, I think uh, which will he clearly said that if we can accommodate him in the trade and uh, so that's why it didn't took long because we were, like I said, after uh, after Lucas for quite some time, and uh, he's a player that we really like, big, big, strong right winger. I think he's a, one of the best power forward in the league, can score uh, right into the shot, 18 years old. So, uh, so we decided to to go along and and then uh, trade well for uh, for Lucas, and uh, you know we got a pick, uh, a third round pick that could become a second, depend on on Will's. Uh, performance i guess and uh so we're happy with that i mean we're very pleased with uh, the return we got and uh you know uh everybody's now uh, we got a team that uh you know from what i can understand everybody's happy to be here and uh, we're gonna move forward with these guys you <laughs> mentioned um sorry you mentioned the the size that like, like you know he's another big boy um some of the boys were talking about it earlier but it seems like you're the Eagles are really coming together as p almost one of the bigger teams physically in the league. Um, is that something that you go after? I, I I love my I love my <laughs> I love my team being big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, especially where we are. I think we travel a lot. It's 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 hard on the on the boys on the uh, players. Bigger you are, you know, better it is for us. And uh, it's tougher to play uh, against a bigger team. Obviously, that's you know I look. Uh, Last year, two years ago, I did. I had a stack. Somebody sent me a stats about the NHL, and you know, not all the time, but the last ten years, I think Colorado was the exception, where there were eight or nine in the league, uh, and when they won the Stanley Cup as the biggest team, but most of the other team, uh, uh, 
Tampa has been the biggest team for the last four or five years. Uh, they went to three finals. Uh, Dallas, uh, the year they went to the, uh, the, they were the biggest team uh, in, in the league. Uh, St. Louis, the year they won, was the biggest team. Washington, the same thing. So uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't care which level you play. I think size matters. And uh, yeah, having uh, Lucas Romeo in the lineup now, we uh, we decide to keep and sign uh, Charles Antoine Levelle, uh, who's uh, is another big boy and uh, played two years in the league. Uh, he knows the league and he, he's playing really well for us right now. So so we brought some size and um, uh, we want to be a tough team to play against. Now, of course, fans are going to have to get used to cheering Thomas Labuka again because I'm sure they were cursing him when he scored during the Canada Czech quarterfinal. How long did you have your eyes on him, and just what kind of dynamic does that bring, having such a, a dynamic power play quarterback, among other things, in his game? Yeah, like, like you said, I think uh, he's, a, he's a guy who's going to run our power play, and that's one, one thing we want to improve for sure. Uh, and he's a, he's a good puck-moving defenseman, but... People forget that he defend well as, as as well. So, so I think uh, you know for the price, uh, it, we pay a good price. We give a two second round pick for him, one this year, one next year. Uh, that being said, I mean uh, you look at what the, the other players, and and it's a good price for 19 years old. At the same time, if we wasn't a European, I'm sure I would have paid a lot more for him. Uh, if you look at other trades, so. So it's a give and take, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, with, with so many picks that we had and where, uh, how many young players the next uh, year or two that are coming up and what we got in the, in the system, um, we were very comfortable to bring a guy with, with that quality of, uh, of players that uh, Thomas will bring to, what he will bring to the table for us. He's, he's definitely going to be the guy that uh, will play on the power play and run our power play and and you know he had 28 points in 29 games, something like that. So he was a, uh, he was close to uh, to be a 70 points player this year before the World Junior. So he's a great uh, acquisition for us, and uh, I think he'll fit right in too. Uh, speaking of the NHL, can you take us back to kind of like your road to the NHL um, and your earliest memories of you know the draft and right? The draft was uh, in Montreal, my hometown, so that was uh, very sweet. Uh, the whole family was there and uh, you know was dropped uh, in the fourth round back then there was only 21 teams so 60 I think it was 65th overall by the LA Kings and uh, so yeah it was uh, it was really nice uh, you know played three years in Laval uh, was uh, after my first year where uh, I played in Laval that I got drafted that's uh, 17 years old or 18 years old going on 18. But uh, very, uh, very sweet, very nice memories for sure. Uh, you know, being there with the family at the uh, the old Forum of Montreal and uh, get your name uh, called there by NHL team. It's always something uh, very special. And you did you speak with LA much before? Uh, no, no, we uh, we never have any uh, talk with LA or anything like that. Uh, I had a few talk with. Uh, remember, my uh, Washington met me a couple of times, and I, I thought that uh, you know Washington was going to draft me, obviously, uh, after two interview, But, uh, no, uh, I was a bit surprised when I heard my name by LA. Laval to Hollywood is a bit of a transition, I would think. Uh, I was, uh, it was, uh, back then it was the purple and uh, yellow jersey, and uh, they give you, they didn't give me a, j uh, a jersey, they gave me a jacket, and it was like satin ja jacket. <laughs> it was, my God, I still got it, but it's, uh, I never wore it. It's, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, sorry to say that, but it, it was as ugly as they come. And, uh, <laughs> they still had the yellow then? You yeah, said? The, the purple and yellow, yeah. The, no the, way. the jacket was all oh. purple with three three yellow stripe, and uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. And what, what was the first year, year you were there? The first year that, uh, well, after that year, uh, I went to uh, one camp, and my second camp, that's the year that the, uh, they made the big trade for uh, Wayne Gretzky, that, that brought Gretzky uh, to L.A., and then they changed the... Uh, the color of the jersey for uh, uh, silver and black, and uh, but uh, yeah. So after my first camp, where uh, you know where we're still Marcel Dion was there and a few legend uh, of hockey. That uh, then, like I said, the second uh, year there in in my second training camp, uh, I had a chance to to be there with uh, Gretzky, Mixerly, and Kershaweski that they uh, acquired in a big trade. So, what do you remember about your first game? Uh, you know, it's your first game is always special. I got called up between Christmas and New Year's. I was I was sitting at home, uh, enjoying my Christmas when I got the call, and uh, you know, uh, basically said that I was gonna go there and play against uh, one game against the Russian. Back then, the Russian were coming in in North America play against different team, so uh, play against uh, the Russian game during that game. Uh, Bobby Carpenter got injured, and so they decided to to keep me around, and uh, and it was against the Montreal Canadian, uh, as funny as uh, that sounds, and so uh, it was, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, LA is, you know, coming from Montreal and being only 20 years old back then, it's uh, it was uh, quite different than being in Montreal for sure. It must have been. I can't even imagine what it was like to be with the Kings when they make that trade. Like, what was what was Gretzky like? Did you get to play with him? And what was like the mood like when you trade for him? Yeah, no, I I, I played with uh, with with Gretzky. I played with Wayne. Uh, yeah, my first goal, matter of fact, was on an assist of uh, of Wayne Gretzky, and my first point was on the on the goal of Gretzky where I had an assist. So so I play I, I play a bit with him on the same line and. Uh, uh, most likely when I play, I only play 33, uh, 33 games. I play most uh, most of the time with Robbie Ty and uh, Dave Taylor. But uh, yeah, like I said, at first when I got there, uh, they didn't. Uh, Robbie Ftorek was the coach, and he uh, didn't uh, didn't hesitate. He put me with uh, with Wayne Gretzky, and uh, uh, Yerry Curry was uh, the right winger. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we had some. Uh, you're only 20? I was 20 years old. Yeah. Holy God. <laughs> Welcome to the show, kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and, something else. And I, we had in, on our team growing up, I was a big Montreal Canadian fan, and uh, and we had as well Larry Robinson playing on defense, who was, for me, was <laughs> a legend and uh, right. growing up watching him on, on TV. Uh, so, yeah, they had a lot of, ve- of veterans back then. Uh, you know, we had a great team, Bernie Nichols, uh, uh Kelly Rudy was the the goalie uh, uh-huh. back then, so yes, well, we had a good, really good team, and uh, it was nice. So, as a twenty year old, like, w- how did Wayne? Uh, I, I'm calling Wayne, like I know. <laughs> well, you, you uh, kind of <laughs> <fly those. laughs> um, How did Gretzky? Um, like, h- how would he treat you as a twenty year old? Uh, he was so nice. It was like uh, people. I don't think they realize like uh, how nice uh, Wayne Gretzky can be. Uh, with everybody, not just with uh, the team superstar, but uh, took really good care of the new players coming in. And he was, uh, listen, he, uh, I had nothing but good say, things to say about uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, he treated me real well, but uh, I have to say that he treated everybody well. 
Uh, he's uh, he's a leader, and uh, you know uh, the guy that didn't win five or six seven Stanley Cup for <laughs> by luck. It's uh, he he was uh, one of those guys that brought up everybody together, and uh, it, it was nice. I like to ask this to uh, the different uh, hockey guys: Is there anybody that you played with that you feel doesn't get enough recognition? You know, all these decades later, is there anybody that you thought um, is underrated? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, I my first year in the, as a coach in major in major junior, we I was assistant coach in batters when Patrice Bergeron was there. And to say that he wasn't recognized wouldn't be uh, fair because he, they probably got to name a trophy after him as the best defensive. Probably going to change that trophy, that name, that name. But, but the the guy was so good, and people don't realize how good he was. And watching his career, you know, and another classy guy grew up. Uh, he, he, I really like Patrice Bergeron as a, you know, not just for what he does on the ice, but uh, what he brought for to the uh, Boston Bruins organization. And uh, I think he's uh, overall, although that he had a, you know, Hall of Fame career, I think he, he still was underrated. And in terms of people you've played with? Uh, in terms of people I play with, uh, you know, again. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Never gets his due. It, it would Nobody be tough for me to, play, to mention Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's more just uh, Dave Taylor was, a, for me, was a, a, a guy that uh, I played with at the end of his career, but he was uh, the ultimate pro. And people don't realize what he was, like preparation and, and how he prepared for his game and how classy he was and taking care of everybody as well. Um, not just the hockey player, but the person. Uh, you know, Dave Taylor is somebody that uh, I really appreciate to be around. I think, too, that L.A. team, obviously Gretzky comes in and it makes a big difference, but part of the reason they were able to make that move is because they had some of these guys that were coming up that were underrated hockey players. And Dave Taylor's probably one of those guys. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, the Bernie Nichols was there. They were, like I said, they had a really good team that year. And uh, and then my second year, when uh, my second year pro, uh you know, they kept me there, or, or no, it was my third year pro. They kept me there for the first 40-some games, but I only was dressed for 16. But at least I got to visit all the, the, the city in the, in the NHL. And, uh, but being around for so long, like I was there till Christmas, and I think after the 40th first game or whatever, they decided to send me back to, uh, to the American League. But uh, it was uh, it was nice to be around for that period of time, even though you didn't get dressed every game and so so that uh, so basically you know you look at my career i i understand honestly i i do understand sometimes that the players that we we don't dress and i've been there and uh, it's no fun but you try to make the best of it obviously it, it's another game at the nhl obviously you know uh, being around those uh, all-star players and those and, and the salaries that different way different than in junior but but my point is you're there to play hockey, and when you're not playing, it's it's no fun. And and I understand sometimes, and I feel for the, the players that are around our team and not being dressed every game. So it's a it's a tough, really tough. You have to trust the process. Obviously, it's a, but uh, yeah, it's uh, my my career brought me a lot as a GM that I, I can relate to the players of although it's been 30 years or so. It's a still something that I can relate. Is there some ways because the game has changed so much since um, 
since maybe your heyday, is there anything that that you feel a different experience that they're having that you didn't have or vice versa? Yeah, I, I know that uh, today's uh, kids, uh, you need to communicate with them. It's, it's Communication is very important. And, uh, you know, even though sometimes I hear the kids saying, uh, you know, lack of communication. 30 years ago, believe me, there was no Nicole here. <laughs> there was nothing like... You you get to the ring, your jersey was hanging up. You're playing, your jersey was not uh, at your stall. You're not playing, and don't uh. ask any questions. Just go sit in the stand and wait for the game to be over. Uh, the coach didn't want to talk to you. They didn't they didn't have to explain you why, and uh, that was their decision. And today, uh, you know, they want to know why, which is fine. It's uh, it's part of uh, where we are today, and uh, I think kids are you know obviously smarter than us because. You never ask enough questions, and no questions are bad questions. So back in the days, we uh, it was what it was, and uh, you don't play, you're, uh, you just go sit and uh, don't say a word. We were talking earlier about uh, nicknames in hockey. Obviously, it's synonymous. Actually, I think the, the guys that just got on joined the team yesterday, where everybody was trying to think, where on, I think even before they got on the bus, what their nickname would I be. I think depending it was carrying over from previous teams. Yeah. They would just tell them, oh, this is what they called me, and yeah. they played here. Um, did you have a nickname when you were on the ice? Always Sly, yeah. I think uh, the uh, English people had a lot of a problem with Sylvain and right. pronounce it. So they just mix up my first three letters of the name, and, and Sly was always, I was always called Sly since I... Sly and some guys at some point in pro called me Coots, and but uh, yeah, it was b- very basic in my case. <laughs> That's Sean is generally called Coots as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sean's uh, a lot of guys call him Coots. Yeah, I'll admit your last name is one of the trickier ones to spell. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they use. Is there uh, any good nicknames that stick out of maybe players you played against or heard of? Um. Yeah, well, I'll keep those for myself. <laughs> 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 there's a, there's a few. No, but there's always story that come up and right. then the nickname come out, uh, and you know what uh, what happened in Vegas in Vegas <laughs> or in LA. Maybe these yeah. were getting used as chirps on the ice, perhaps the opposing yeah. players. Oh, the, back in the day, the, there was no limits where right. how far you can go. So, <laughs> believe me, there was. Uh, Today, uh, even myself, I'll probably be uh, be suspended a few games for <laughs> chirping. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there was no limits that you could say, uh, and you know, good. But I, I thought that I was uh, I was pretty good to uh, answer back in that uh, department. Now I don't know if Brad heard when we did the ten questions. We talked about the food going around the the rink, and I don't know. You might not have minded getting scratched in Detroit as much, but the food in Joe no, Louis. No, no, Joe Louis Arena, and I got traded to Detroit after, and uh, still in the minor when I played there. Uh, the uh, after each game, we used to have those uh, little Caesar pizza in the dressing room, and uh, those are uh, yeah. Detroit was uh, one of the good places. Quebec City here. Uh, we're doing the interview here in Quebec City, but. Uh, I saw Wayne Gretzky, uh, and I, I witnessed this uh, right before the game. He uh, eats six hot dogs, and he went on and had four or five points that night. So, <laughs> Take so notes, Connor <laughs> Bedard. <laughs> yeah. So when they said that, you know, pasta and chicken before meal, I, I, I don't <laughs> – I'm just kidding. But uh, the, he loved the hot dogs of Quebec and in Montreal as well. Those uh, toasted hot dogs were really good. He actually had six? He, oh, yeah. He had six before the game. 
Yeah, wow. right after warm up, he uh, asked the trainer when he went on the ice for warm up, make sure I got six, six hot dog and mice all when I come back, and he eats his hot dog and went, and went on and play and. I think it was two goals, three assists. Or wow. What was on the hot dogs? I need to know. I'm a Ma- hot dog guy. <laughs> Ma- mustard and onion. Oh, okay. My yeah. God. Imagine trying to move after six hot dogs. Oh, uh, yeah. Not difficult. You're Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. 45, or uh, I should say, Colton Riley, uh, the, or, uh, the Eagles trainer, he said, um, he told us that you were a big foodie. Um, a big what? A big foodie. You like f- food. Oh, I, I love food, yeah. What's your, uh, in Quebec City, where would, where, where would we find you around supper time? Any, oh, any the, special spots? The famous. Uh, well, first one I came in here anywhere in Quebec. Uh, doesn't matter if it's Quebec City or. But there's that the chicken place called Benny Barbecue. Oh yes. It's a mostly takeout place, but uh, love this that place. It's my favorite chicken, and so anywhere I go, I I make sure that I stop to, to <laughs> have my Benny Barbecue before <laughs> I go back for sure. And like today, uh, this week we're gonna be. Uh, Gonna be here for four days. I'll probably gonna have it three or four times. Uh, those, <laughs> is that the fun. Benny and Co? Is that where? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what we had for lunch today. Oh yes, yeah. The, the sauce, quarter, top notch. The quarter chickens exactly. or whatever. No, no, this is uh, yeah. this is so good. I mean, uh, yeah, those are unreal. Yeah, it's either the big uh, half of chicken or the uh, chicken uh, poutine. That is yes. amazing. Yeah, forty-five. You on the Mister Puffs train? Sorry, Brent, I had to, I had to ask. <laughs> Did the players have you in the Mr. Puffs train? No, no. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> 45 was saying, uh, wanted me to ask you uh, how you like your steak cooked. Fair. Why? That's just what he said. <laughs> you told me to ask because it must have been. Really rare, yeah. Really okay. rare? Uh, I won't say blue, but uh, <laughs> close. Blue. Yeah. Testing the legal limits of the minimal yeah. amount of cooking. Yeah. Not six hot dogs, though. No. Apparently not. Dogs. That's strictly a, a great one move. Well, if I, if I eat six hot dog eyes. <laughs> Definitely not gonna go play any sport at all. <laughs> Be dead. Yeah. I know what could the call say they used to have the sloppy joes in the media canteen. Was that a thing when you played? You remember? Uh I don't remember, yeah. but uh, I know it's popular, yeah. Oh, so they were good. So you're um you know, I guess the deadline's coming up in two days from now. Three days from now. Um it seems like will you be able to kind of take a Take a step back and kind of relax a little uh, bit after this. Well, work it's it's gonna be tough. I drove here to you know to make sure that if anything happened, I have to meet with the players. So I, I drove here. I have to drove back twelve hours, and then uh, I'm gonna get to uh, Sydney uh, probably Sunday night or m- Monday, depending on if I did decide to stay uh, over one night. But then I have to go to the Ice Jam on on Thursday. That start. That's a big tournament. So. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, in Halifax for three or four days after that, uh, scouting uh, the young prospects. So Life after on the that, maybe I will have time. <laughs> yeah, in the summer. The Not summer, even. probably. Yeah. And yeah. finally watch the team he built yeah. Yeah. on the recordings after yeah. the year's yeah. over. Yeah. No, but it's there's always something. After that, the, you know, we obviously preparation for the playoff, which uh, I can guarantee we'll be in. And uh, then after the playoff, it's the draft. And, uh, yeah, and then it's the, we'll start again with training camp and – and yeah, so it's it's a busy uh, busy uh, occupation for sure, but I love it. So. Well, we appreciate you taking the time today, then out of your busy schedule. Well, thank you guys. Anytime. Well, thanks. This was great. Thanks All right. Time.